Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. The pretty best of Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Pretty Messed Up on iHeartRadio. Um, I'm AJ McLean with my girl Cheryl Burke and my Hello. boy Renee Elizondo. Hey, hey. Uh, we have an amazing show today, and we have a very special guest, a very handsome guest, I must say. Um, you may know him from The Bachelorette, uh, Mr. Zach Clark. Welcome to the show, my friend. What's up, AJ? How you doing, man? Can you welcome. guys welcome. Yes, sir. We can we, we we can hear you. We can see you. Yep. Uh, welcome, welcome. Uh, this is my co-host Renee Elizondo. Hello. And my other co-host Cheryl Burke. Hi. Dancing how are you? with the Stars. Okay. Your co-host and ex-partner, dance partner. And ex-partner. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. Partner ex. in life. Uh, welcome to the show, man. Um, you know, just to kind of give you a, a bit of a backstory about uh, pretty messed up. Um, all three of us, our lives have pretty much all crashed and burned. Nose dive directly into a pool with no water, and we've all found a way uh, out the other side. Um, we are all in recovery. We're all sober, and um, we know that your story is quite yep. uh, quite similar, my friend. So uh, I, I, th- I think you're a perfect fit. Welcome, welcome to the show, man. Yes, welcome. Thank you for doing this. Finally, around some people who get it, you know. <laughs> yeah. Hey. Seriously, to anyone else, love we're it. just we're just we nuts. Yeah. Exactly. exactly. So, we're the uh, best now. We're the best. Totally. Yeah, I mean, we are not boring. That's for damn sure. So let's just let's just dive right in, man. Um, you know, obviously, 
um, you know, one of the one of the great things about this show is that, you know, we try to just lay it all out on the line and let people just tell their story and just let people hopefully inspire others out there that are, you know, dealing with issues, whether mental health or drugs, alcohol abuse. I mean, it's a very common thread out there that not a lot of people, you know, take seriously or really take note of, especially mental health issues. So, um, if you want, just give us a little bit of a backstory yeah. about how it all went south and how you uh, came back out the other side. You want the cliff notes? I assume, right? I mean, I, we'll yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah, you know, yeah, you yeah. know. We've got a lot more questions for you. <laughs> yes, we do. Oh uh, yeah, I mean, look, I'm a guy. I grew up down in uh, right outside of Philly in South Jersey, and you know, I always say like, my I never wanted for anything. I mean, I have loving parents to this day, like, you know, an older brother that beat up on me, a sister that loves me, you know, like the whole thing. I mean, my, the Clark family were, were thick as thieves. Um, but like from an early age, I knew like I was living this double life and I always kind of explain, you know, in high school, you try to get your 12 pack of Natty Light and your, your flask of Captain Morgan for the weekend, right? Like, and, and like, I would always say, I love playing sports. I loved, you know, kissing girls and all that stuff. But the the most joy and, and like relief and comfort came when like, you know, the senior pulled into the parking lot, he popped his trunk and I was able to grab my booze for the weekend. You mm-hmm. know, and that's when I knew that my relationship to alcohol was a little bit different than those around me. Um, you know, I partied in high school, I partied in college and, and like, you know, I... I just loved it, you know, and I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I didn't have a good time doing it because I did, exactly. you know, and that's for me, I, I work in addiction recovery. So I'm, I'm, I'm looking at like 18, 19, 20, 21 year old kids all the time. Totally. And it's really hard to understand whether it's just a phase or whether they have this thing. That's right. Yeah. Right. So, you know, I, I do dancing with the stars. I've been a professional now for uh, way too long. Just kidding. Yeah. In a good way, though. Um, and AJ did Dancing with the Stars just recently. And, um, you know, I'm not going to speak for you, AJ, but, you know, doing a show like that and then being newly sober, right? Mm-hmm. Um, would you have been able to do The Bachelorette if you were like one or two years sober? Would you even want to do something like this? Because I can, I know that as far as I know from behind the scenes, just it, it requires you, you don't have to, but it does have a lot of alcohol in that environment. So were you triggered at all or... Um, would you have done it earlier? Look, I'm, I'm 37 years old. Um, I've almost been sober 10 years. Uh, you know, those first couple of years, like I was, I was just as crazy as I was when I was out there, you know, drinking, mm-hmm. drugging. Mm-hmm. Uh, so to answer your question, like I, I might've done it. I might've showed up. I don't know how well I would have done, right. but I reached a point in my life. I want to say probably about two years in. Where I became so convinced that my life was was just the best. Like mm-hmm. I looked at all my friends who were still doing what they were doing, and I and I said to myself, like I wouldn't trade this for anything. Um, and once I hit that point, like then that's when I think I was able to like take the risk. And you know, I didn't, I didn't, I don't think I kissed a girl for the first three years of my sobriety. You mm-hmm. know, like that's like I was just, like I was dialed into what to get well. I love I love that you said I'm not going to lie there were good times right because sometimes people in sort of trying to sort of sell the sobriety 
they act like it, everything was terrible. And I tell people, I was having a great time. We are crazy because we keep doing it after all, all the bad signs are there. But early on, it's not like we're not crazy, like break into someone's house and do their dishes kind of crazy. <laughs> do do you know dishes? what I mean? We're, we're, we're nutty in a different way. We're like, we found something that made us feel safe and protected and pretty awesome while it worked, you know? And then it's hard to get off. So I love that you're in the field of recovery and hearing the way you talk because I, I feel young people need to get that kind of like honesty. Okay. Like, look, we get it. We had a good time. It's just kind of turned on us, right? So I'm glad you said that. I'm glad That's you come with, go ahead. No, I mean like, and that was crucial for me, right? Like I grew up I, like in a small town right outside of Philly. I, I, when I eventually got sober, I went to rehab for four and a half months and I moved up to New York city. And one of the reasons I think it stuck for me is because I walked and, and met some people that were doing this thing. And there was kind of like this whole underground movement. And I was like, holy shit. Now this is cool. Like this mm. is actually like, this is actually something I could get behind. And, mm. uh, once I saw that and met some, like, I remember I went out to dinner with a couple guys my age, you know, two weeks having after moved to New York City. I wrote my parents like this email, like, I think I met my crew. Like, I met some guys my age and they're like super interesting. And it's like the little wins early on that kept me going, you know? Totally. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you know, like for, for all of us, I know for myself, you know, it obviously worked until it didn't, you mm -hmm. know, and me, me being in the kind of, you know, limelight that I'm in, you know, and, and my, my band is going to be celebrating next month, 29 years together, which is Congrats. freaking insane. That's insane. I'm old, man. I'm old, but I feel young. Um, but you know, it's like you, when you're in that kind of a situation where it's constantly around you, where you're constantly, you know, being, being put in these compromising situations where, you know, whether it's a parties or it's, you know, promo tours or it's, you know, TV shows, whatever it is, award shows where, again, there's no way to get away from the alcohol and drugs of the entertainment business. That is just par for the course. Totally. But again, knowing how to maneuver around these things and through these things to be able to have some kind of a normal life. I mean, look, my wife, is in Al-Anon, um, you know, she has been put through the ringer with my crazy ass for, we're ab about to celebrate 10 years married this year. In about two weeks, we'll be together for 12 years. Um, and my question to you is with, you know, Tasha, like, you know, understanding that you are an addict, the way that we think, the way that we are is different than normies. It just is. It doesn't matter how, how much time we have sober, we still think and act differently. We still apply those addictive traits to certain things, whether it's working out or it's a diet or it's whatever it is. What, when, have, have, have you and her talked about like boundaries or, 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 or like any kind of structure? Or even awareness. Or yeah, right? yeah. You know, like structure and like awareness between the two of you. Mm -hmm. I mean- Cause that's gotta be really important for most relationships with addicts. Yeah. Well, the first thing I, I think that came to mind when you started talking there, I didn't, I didn't know you were going to kind of like go into the direction of Tasha, but like when you're talking about your wife and boundaries and all that stuff, like I think like the reason I'm sitting here today is actually cause I, my ex-wife kept the boundary with me, right? Like I, I was ripping and running and 
I went to rehab the first time and I came out of treatment and I thought I had everyone fooled. You know, I did the 28 day rinse and rinse and repeat. And uh, Mm -hmm. she called me like two weeks into it. And she said like, time out, dude, like this party's over. I'm out of here. And that was the first time in my life where I really got like punched in the face by someone close to me and, and, and where they were just like, I'm not doing this anymore. Wow. And I had to take some balls, man. Yeah. But I had like, like, and like, at the time, right? Like, and this is a great way to explain like the way we think, because when I'm active and I'm in it, like I called her every name in the book. How could mm. you up on me? You're weak. You know, like really she was saving my life and I had to go rip and run for another eight months and then end up back in treatment. Um, but so yeah, it was man, a blessing. Like, that was a yeah. blessing. Well, that yeah. was the same. That was the same so, for me. I, was, so, I mean, that's exactly the same. I was t- in treatment twice while being with my wife and both times when I got out, I put together some time and then I said, okay, I got this. I can manage it. And all the while, she's completely aware of what I'm doing, but I was still trying to play the game. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet that's right up to fifteen hundred dollars again sign up using code buckeye and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet BetMGM and game sense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park that's 1-800-GAMBLER Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And, of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I used to have so many men. How this beguiling woman in her 50s... She looked like a million bucks. ...with zero qualifications... She had a Harvard plaque. 
tricks her way past a wall of lawyers and agents. She's got all of these Maseratis and Bentleys all in the driveway. Is it like a mansion? Yes, it's a mansion. That this queen of the con uses to scam some of the biggest names in professional sports out of untold fortunes. About six million. Approximately $11 million. Nearly $10 million was all gone employing whatever means necessary to bleed her victims dry. She would probably have sex with one of her clients. Hide your money in your old rich man, because <laughs> she is on the prowl. Listen to Queen of the Con, Season 5, The Athlete Whisperer, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Do you know, I, I um, one thing I love about having sober friends is that we can laugh at each other like some of the crazy things we did because we're no longer there you know i've been to rehab more times than i care to mention right now and if it finally was able to stick uh but i i remember uh this one guy said he used to what he did was he replaced his windshield wiper fluid right with uh vodka and then he rerouted the 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 hose that sprays the window, he rerouted it to the inside of the car. And he said that way wow. he wouldn't get caught with an open no container. Way. And so anytime he wanted a drink in the car, he would do this and then he'd press the button and he'd have his drink. And we like, that's funny to me. Obviously it's tragic while it's happening, but it's, it's amazing how crafty we are. My yes. question to you, <laughs> my question to you is, so how old were you when you got to your first rehab? So, yeah, I just want to say, AJ, on Tasha, just real quick, because I do want to answer that question because she's she's been she's been awesome. You know, one of the things leading up to kind of letting her know what what's up with me, you know, on the show and kind of having those conversations, there's a lot of questions from people around me, like, are you nervous about how she's going to take it, right? right. And that's one of the things that I think is important for people to hear. Like, I wasn't. Mm-hmm. Cause like, I'm so proud of who I am and I, and I own my shit today. And like, totally. I lean into that. And when I do that, typically the person on the other side of the table, it's like, it's impressive to them. They want to know more and we hit it off. If that person doesn't ex- receive that well, it's mm-hmm. all good. We just, we just move forward. And this wasn't yeah. meant to be, you yeah, know, that's a, that's, that's for kind sure. of a tell that's in for me, that would be kind of a tell on the other person's point. Like, Okay, so you're not ready to be with someone like me, even though I've got my shit together. You, you know, this just might not be a perfect fit. And, and I agree, so. it causes more fear. Go like if for her, if you had tried to hide it, and then suddenly she finds out, then yeah. that causes the fear, which causes the insecurities. And I agree. I think when I meet someone and and they say they're sober and they're proud of it because they're enjoying the the fruits of sobriety. That is really attractive as mm-hmm. far as I'm concerned, you know. Agreed. Yeah. She was awesome. She was awesome. And um, I got it. I went to treatment the first time, uh, like Thanksgiving 2010. Um, so I was like 20, what's that, 11 years ago? I'm 37. So I was 26, 26 years old at the time. And I, like I said, I was there through like Thanksgiving, came out in December, kind of, you know, you know, like I wasn't done. I had you weren't ready. Out. Yeah. 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 And mm-hmm. then I, you know, she, that whole thing happened, which I just talked about. And I, uh, 
I ran until that August. And then I had like my, my spirit, like my moment of clarity with my old man kind of like ripping me out of a bank when I was trying to cash one of his checks. And at that point, like, you know, I had basically crossed every never off my list, you know, like I was mm. just putting stuff inside my body, however I could, you know, take yeah. us through the timeline of, because then the painkillers came at, at one point, right after the tumor. Yeah, it's always funny, right? Like everyone, like the way you ask the question. No, that's the thing about normies. So they always want to know what were you doing? What you like? Yeah, whatever you got, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was, but yeah. I mean, I you know, I had been introduced to painkillers like in college, you know, or you you know, your buddy gets his wisdom tooth pulled and you try a perk ten or a perk five or whatever it is. But then it real yeah, like I had the brain tumor and I was laid up and I was just yeah. like. You know, I just got this thing cut out of my head and this doctor is like pumping me with this thing that's making me feel way too good right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's when I really realized like, okay. Um, and then the vicious cycle for me was like, I, I, I re- recovered from that and then I went back to work. Yeah. You know that like the euphoria that comes with like early, early opiate use, I was like crushing work. I was like, I can't do anything without this stuff. Yeah. And that's how I, and then that's when like I started to get like we tell ourselves a lie that like I'm a better friend, I'm a better worker, I'm better this, I'm better that, I'm a better husband, yeah. like and uh you know it took off from there for sure. How long did that last, the the pill thing? That was my thing, by the way. That was my drug of choice were painkillers. Yeah, I it was different. I mean, like, you know, when I was using back i mean like pills were dirt cheap like you could get yeah. these you know oxycontin 80s and these perk 30s for um you know much cheaper than i understand they're paying today and so like mm-hmm. i found out about that game quickly after the surgery and um i started playing it and i played it up until treatment so that was by like i don't know two three years mm-hmm. um, and wow. times of like trying to whatever, like do the at home rehab or, you know, swear it off and all that junk. But right. I also love the party. Like I love the booze. Right. So that was, that was always there as well. And I always, for me, like it always started with that, with the drink mm-hmm. and that wherever Same. it took me. Um, I have a question. Uh, you're, so you say that you're, and it's really sweet that your parents were there and supportive throughout this whole process. Is that, that's right. Right. I'm getting that information. Right. I just want to make sure that, you know, that's right. Your parents, both parents, is that right? Yeah, lucky. Married. Yeah. Supportive. Like Still, not without okay. not without. I mean, like, you know, because of me, right? Like they right. say there's a family illness. The, the second time around, my old man was like, my mom was spending a lot of time at a, the place in Florida and he was up here because they just couldn't get on the same page with what to do with me. Right, right, right. My dad okay. was the one who really like stayed on the ropes with me. Awesome. And uh and hung tough. Cause I was like I was doing dope. I was smoking. I mean, like it, it was bad at the end there, you know. Just going to say, I was wondering if your dad was in the program. A lot of times, a lot of our friends, their their parent, one of the parents was in the program and understood what was happening or was he discovering what addiction is like through you? Yeah, there was no prior family mm-hmm. experience with this thing. So everyone was learning on the fly, which, you know, for better or for worse. What, what advice do you have for parents that... Um may have a similar situation, but they just have no freaking clue on how to be there for their kids. It's changed over the years. You know, like I used to really believe in the kind of like throw them on the street, let them suffer. Like, mm-hmm. and that's just not it, man. Like I think we have to be loved. We have to feel loved. Like we hear it, even though 
we might not act like it, you know, so for parents, like just to love, 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 and like yeah. to put your life mask on or your, your whatever yeah, oxygen, mask on, yeah. your own therapist, go to Al-Anon, there's plenty of kind of support groups and be willing to like get in the ring with us and, and do the work. Yeah. Totally. The thing that sucks, right? Like, and AJ, you probably identify with this, like I went to treatment for 28 days and like that was 28 days and then four and a half months and four and a half months of like around the clock support for me and my parents are out there in the real world like trying to cover for me and and mm -hmm. also like do the and but like if i got four and a half months they might have gotten four days of support you know so they're really right. the ones yeah. that are kind of yeah. left behind in all this oh no for sure i mean you know for for me you know my it was a little different because my mom after i got sober the first time um decided she was going to become a life coach and i love my mom dearly but as we all love our moms, but, yeah. um, you know, it, it kind of disrupted our relationship because then it became like when I would call to talk to my mom, am I talking to my mom or am I talking to a life coach right now? Because there's a difference. I want to talk to my mom on like a, a mom son level. And, you know, and then I had friends, even my bandmates who never really thought that I had a, a problem. It's like, you're not really an alcoholic. You just go from zero to a hundred too many times. You, you just gotta, you know, pump the brakes here and there. And I, and it's like, un, until I could really come to terms with it and, and say it out loud. Yes, I am an alcoholic. Mm -hmm. There is no question, you know, was I born this way? No, but it's the, the disease of alcoholism got me by the balls and the rest is history. Um, no one, nobody knows this. A lot of people don't even know it's a disease, right? So it's like just the awareness of it. Like that's the main issue is that's the hardest part is admitting it. Well, that's, you the, you know, that's your first step, obviously, yeah. you know, yeah. it, on your road to recovery is obviously admitting that your life has become unmanageable. And, yeah. you know, but mm -hmm. what I love about your story so much, Zach, is that because here's the thing, there's a lot of people out there that are in the public eye that are in recovery that leave it at that. They don't get involved in any charities. They don't get involved in any, in any, anything further. Now here's someone like you who has gone the extra mile because you want to be there for your fellow brothers and sisters that are struggling. And you and Justin Gerlin, you founded Re Release Recovery. Tell us a little bit about that because I, I'm, I, I just, hats off to you. And to Justin, we'd like to know more about it. Yeah, yeah, man. Release. It was uh, it was built on a dream. So our favorite band is Pearl Jam. My favorite song of all time is Release. That's where the name of the business came from. So that's nice. a, that's the music nod. Um, and uh, there's something special that happens when you watch someone else like walk through the pain and come out on the other side. And it became apparent to me really early on after like leaving rehab and 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 living this right like really feeling this and living it and knowing what it did for my life that i wanted to just give it to as many people as possible so awesome. the least recovery is is kind of like um the brainchild and we've done a lot with it but we have essentially three transitional living programs for men and women coming out of rehab to come buckle up with us and and, and they typically stay with us like three to six months and we watch them kind of get back into the world and um, two in the city in Manhattan and one north of the city in Westchester County. And 
you know, it's amazing to watch these people. Um, I just got a text message that one of our guys just celebrated a year right before I got oh, on. Wow. Like, that dude Congratulations. got That dude, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. And that's like, that's all I need. And then we also just um, in early 2020 started a, a nonprofit found uh, release recovery foundation, not too creative over here, but um, <laughs> you know, we've worked in like um, kind of the private pay world for a long time. It's just kind of like where we fell, you know? So we've dealt with these families that can really afford these services for many, many years. And Justin and I looked at each other one day. I was like, we got, we got to start touching more people. And so mm-hmm. this is going to really be our give back. And, um, we did a t-shirt fundraiser a couple months ago and, and, awesome. and raised how did you and Justin meet? How we meet, how did you, you know, yeah. how, how, how we meet in this world, you know, like I, <laughs> I thought I was, I thought I was actually, I think chasing a girl and the girl being a good sober girl said, here, he, meet my friend, Justin, you know, and <laughs> Justin nice. took me out for a burger. And, Love at first sight. Yeah. The rest. Yeah. Is- <laughs> <laughs> how, Would you ever do dancing with the stars? Would I ever do it? Yeah. Tell me about it. Okay. Well, it's a ballroom dance show. Okay. And you have people like us, professional dancers, teach you how to cha-cha, samba, rumba, pasta doble, jive, and many more in less than a week. And you go out there and you're competing against other contestants like your soon-to-be wife, maybe, would possibly oh, do wow. it. Who knows? Um, and you're learning how to ballroom dance in about four days. And you put on something glittery and shake your <laughs> yeah. ass. And the whole world watches yeah, you. But I will well, say the this. whole world watches you. But what I'm thinking is that just to continue to spread this awareness, you know, I think it's awesome for you to, I'm going to be your manager now, to do stuff like this. Like, I know this whole world is different, right? And it's new to you. Is it new to you, the entertainment business? Oh, yeah. It is. Yeah. yeah. You must it's be. It, but <laughs> it's an amazing platform. But you because... seem really grounded. So that's great. <laughs> yeah. No, that's it's not a, gonna... it's a Look, when I did the show, you know, I... Coming from a dancer background and a performing background, every, everybody thought, oh, he's a shoe in to win. And let me just tell you, hell no, um, because I've been doing hip hop and jazz and stuff like that my whole life. This is something I've never done, but it was an amazing platform to be able to spread awareness. Yes. You know, one of our routines that we did, which was the rumba, I dedicated to anyone out there dealing with addiction. And it was a beautiful performance showing kind of through through like dance where I was and where I ended up Mm -hmm. but it is a great opportunity you know for people to spread awareness for whatever they're working on um I'm curious uh, what Cheryl said do you think you would you would try something like that have you ever danced it's better not to have any dance experience FYI I mean I I've never lacked a hustle on the dance floor how good it is (laughs) you know and uh, I mean, after AJ explains it, I mean, how do you say no? I mean, look. Right? I, no. Wait, you didn't like my explanation or what? Because <laughs> I'm, well, I'm the one doing it. You're the one that knows what you're doing. I'm that's the one that true, doesn't know true, what I'm true, doing. Well, it, you know, we're talking sobriety today. And like the one thing I always say, like, if you would have given me a blank piece of paper on day one of my sobriety and I wrote down like a couple of things or what I, what I thought would be like a great life, I would have sold myself so short. So like the, these, these questions and these like, I'm just going to keep showing up, you know, as things. Totally. Yeah. So you would, so is that a yes? That's a yes. I'm assuming. (laughs) You hear it first. No, but I love what you just said. The very last thing you said, because it's very, very true for Mm -hmm. for, for anyone out there that's struggling. You just got to show up. You just got to keep showing up, you know? And it's like, like, like my sponsor told me, you know, when you, when you don't want to do something, 
that means you should do it. If you don't want to go to a meeting that day, you should probably go to a meeting that day. Because, you know, when you start to get complacent with your life, because this is a life or death thing, you know, I mean, that's what people need to understand out there is that this is a disease and this is a life or death thing. And if you get complacent with your recovery, yeah, it's not going to end well, you know, because um, I look, I years ago, I had seven years sober straight in a row, but I was just white knuckling that shit. I wasn't doing the I wasn't doing what was asked of me. I wasn't doing what was suggested. And as we know, I ended up crashing and burning for many years to come. And, you know, now I've got 15 months sober, but it's different this time. It's yeah. different. I'm actually doing what I'm supposed to be doing. doing and it's work. amazing how much has changed already. And, you know, it's just, it's such a beautiful thing to see someone like yourself who is recently in the public eye, but has a platform to really spread awareness and is doing something so good. Yeah. Like release recovery, Do you know, you know, I mean, I, but even I starting want, it before all of this Hollywood business stuff. Yeah, I, I wanted to say that um, the fact that you said to us, you got a text that someone you were lucky enough to help got a year. To me, that has to be the priority, right? That all everything else is icing on the cake. But for us to get a chance to see people come in, torn up hopeless no faith nothing and then all the lights come back on so i'm just stoked that you told us that mm -hmm. and i and i'm stoked at how happy you got when you said it you know because same way with sobriety people don't understand that don't have to understand is that you think it's about stopping the drink and the drug right and it turns out it, that's such a small part of what we get here and with Dancing with the Stars, watch, sort of watching AJ go through it, uh -oh. he thought it was about dance. <laughs> yeah. And it turns out it's about testing your metal. I it's whipped about your ass. Get, yeah, <laughs> getting to that point every time where you're you're calling me going, dude, I don't know if I could keep okay, doing Okay, stop right this. there. Don't, don't convince him not to do it. No. Uh oh, sorry. No, no, but it is. He looks like he could. He could, he could cut a rug. It was a, it, you know, it, it. it in turn, yes. Was I learning dancing, you know, stuff that I'd never done? Yes. But what I really learned was more about myself. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and, it was a, and, and it was a very inward reflecting experience. And, you know, again, just to, just to be able to utilize the platforms that we have to spread awareness for people out there that are struggling. It's, you know, let me ask you this. During this whole pandemic right now, uh, I mean, have you seen a major influx in in release recovery and you know what in what you and Justin are doing like at these houses that people are coming out of treatment? You know, I don't even know if people that were in treatment if they got kicked out of treatment when this whole thing shut down. I don't know how any of this happened. So have you seen like in like a major influx right now because of this? Yeah, we're we're uh you know, like my dream is right to put myself out of business, like be so good at our job that people don't need us anymore. But I don't think that's happening anytime soon. Um, no, with COVID, I mean, look, we're going to see mental illness shoot up. We're going to see drug addiction, alcohol, alcoholism shoot up. People that, you know, didn't have drinking problems previously locked up in their apartment for a year now do. Um, yeah. A lot of people started to enter treatment, I think, over the last couple months. And what we're, I mean, we're on a wait list now in both of our men's programs and 
you know, it's not something, like I said, to be proud about, but at least people are reaching out and, you know, yeah. in aftercare recommendations. And, and, you know, like we've really taken this approach with our brand that we don't want to be, you know, like you get the flyer for the treatment center. Like this looks like the hokiest shit I've ever seen. Like we want to make it look cool. We want to inspire people mm-hmm. to, to do more and empower them to know that like literally anything is possible. And, and like, if I've, if I've done anything, you know, in this little like past year, I hope like that our community recognizes that like 10 years ago, I had a needle in my arm. And now like, I'm sitting here talking to you guys about all these crazy experiences, right. but it's not, that doesn't happen to just anyone, you know? And what's on the horizon? The better. What's on the horizon for you, sir? What do you have coming up next for Bes- you? Besides dancing, dancing with, the, with stars, the stars, season yeah, 30. Dancing with the stars. <laughs> so, I'm in a new relationship, right? And you know, we're 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 kicking it in New York and and you know, learning that, you know, we both live really busy lives. I love my work, you know, like it's I don't I don't ever feel like I'm working, so I'm back mm-hmm. doing that and doing what I love. Um early April, we're going to do uh I'm doing a, a, a an endurance challenge. There's like this David Goggins thing we're going to go. Yes. Run not cool. like Dude. whatever we're gonna do 48 and like try to raise some money. I'm gonna do London and New York in terms of marathons later in the year and nice. you know try to like kick some ass and help some people along the way. Yeah, dude, Get Goggins ready for that season. Dude, Goggins is one of the most inspir like inspirationally intense people I've ever seen. I mean, mm-hmm. my trainer mentioned Goggins to me about six months ago, and because obviously I, you know. I had heard about the Murph challenge and stuff like that. But then when I really did some research about David Goggins, just the way he, he thinks and the way he operates is just like, there is no can't like there lit there literally is zero can't in your life. Everything is possible. And, uh, yeah, a buddy of mine actually asked me to do the, you know, challenge. And I'm like, I'm not there yet, bro. I still got, I, I, I got a lot more upper body to work on before I can be doing like, a hundred pull-ups and like, what the hell? Hell no. I could barely run two miles right now without my knees going south on me, you know? So, so but, how can uh, people um, get a hold of you? <laughs> like meaning your program, like what, where, what website I mean, can look, they I'm go like, to? Like you can email me. I don't give a shit. Like it's oh, just wow. DAC at release recovery.com. You can go to Great. our website, release recovery.com. You know, I'm accessible. I'm just a guy, you know, like I don't, love that the thing that has come up this and aj i'm sure you relate is like just getting all these dms and people like dumping shit on you i'm sure like when you did the dance and like people saw that and my sister aj didn't have instagram on his phone so you know but like just trying to like where i got to be a little graceful myself is like i can't be everything to everyone like i can't possibly respond to of course because i'll forget about myself you know yes absolutely you're right are you is having children on your radar yeah i want kids yeah, oh, yeah, but not now. It's uh, you get real busy. Make sure you take care of everything else. Yeah, yeah. I think it's. Uh, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's something that I've all you know, like I, and that was something I kind of like. At a younger age, I always wanted to be a dad, and then I kind of like lost that, and it came back recently. So nice. Both myself and Renee are both fathers. My youngest daughter saved my life. I mean, honestly, I I could say both my kids, but my youngest daughter is the one that really, you know, when I came back from a solo trip to Vegas, when I was not 
I was definitely not in, there was no sobriety in on the you know horizon. I thought I was going to keep getting away with shit. And when I got home and she she said I didn't smell like her daddy, that was it to me. Like that mm-hmm. it doesn't get any lower for me personally than that. And now, you know, I I don't joke about it, but it it just fills my heart every single day, like almost five out of seven days a week now for the past few months, she will sit next to me and go, you smell like my daddy. And it's just like, okay. And sometimes she says you smell. Or yeah, she might say (laughs) I just smell, but I mean, but it's just, you know, these are the, these are the upsides to sobriety. And it, you know, it really is such a, such a beautiful way to live and to have a second chance. I mean, look, all of us here have been given multiple chances on life and it's whether you want to do something about it or just let it go to the wayside and either end up in jails, institutions or dead. Cause that's all you have. There's no other options, mm-hmm. you know? So it's just amazing to see, you know, what, what you've accomplished, where you've come from and where you continue to go. Um, and if you're ever in LA, we should hook up. We, 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 Went golfing the three of us the other day. Amazing. Kicked uh, next, next is mountain biking, and if no, you're into any of that driving. stuff, race car <laughs> driving, boating. If you're into any of those things, when ballroom you're in town, dancing. hit oh my us God, up with the ballroom dancing. Stop. No, but if you <laughs> are a golfer or a mountain biker, Kel, do you want to you know, dance? Is this like let's you dance. Let's just dance. I think dance she does. I think, but we're gonna him. do it the Zoom did, way. <laughs> did you see his frame just now? Dude, he had no, a good actually, frame. Actually, I need to see that. Can I see that again? Do that again. Yeah, his uh, look at frame. this. Look, whoa! His shoulders are. Uh-huh. He's got like lumbar action. That's right. Just lift up those elbows a little bit, and we're dude. Good. That that one word haunts me to this day. Is frame because God, that's what it. everything is on that show. <laughs> yeah. No. Oh, that's dude. really good. I'm very impressed. A ten. You yes. get a ten. Ten from me. Ten from everyone. I never ten got a ten. From- Damn no. it! I never did. Did you not? Oh no, you didn't. Sure. I know. No, I didn't. <laughs> well, listen, man. Um, you did you win? I sh- I it. should have, but no. Actually, a a bachelorette a bachelorette one. Yeah, uh, for Caitlin the 70th time, they always Caitlin. win those bachelorettes. Oh, you could be the first bachelor to win. Yeah, because the bachelors that come on this show, man, they have two left feet, but the bachelorettes they rock it. Yeah, this is very true. But yeah, man, whenever you're on uh, on the West Coast, uh, look us up for sure, man. And we we definitely got to hang for sure. In your yellow pages, you'll see our faces right yeah, there. I'm, Remember yellow I'm, pages? I'm in the book. No, I'm kidding. Uh, but dude, thank you so much thank for you. coming on today, man. And, and congratulations. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you really are a true inspiration. So Congrats keep doing you what guys, you're doing. Man. This, was, uh, this was fun and easy. I mean, this is the kind of, I mean, this is my wheelhouse. So this is like... I could kick it like this all day with you guys. So thank you. Likewise. Dude, likewise. Absolutely, man. All the best to the missus. See you on the dance floor. Thanks, Zach. You too. Cheers. Cheers. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. 
if you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, this is Paris Hilton. Trapped in Treatment is back, and this season we're taking on Wasp. They held us in dog cages. They starved us. They beat us. They burned us and subject us to really horrible, uh, cruel and unusual punishment. After my personal experience at Provo Canyon School, I was shocked to learn that a man named Robert Litchfield, a man who got his start at the school that I went to, would go on to create a multi-million dollar empire. He was trying to brand us. So we were going to become the McDonald's in treatment. The Worldwide Association of Specialty Programs and Schools. They prey on, you know, a parent's really natural and beautiful love for their children in a really, really, unfortunately, effective way. At this time in my life now, if someone presented this program to me, and not just because I've already experienced it, sham, scam, beware. Listen to season two of Trapped in Treatment on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, you guys. So, uh, again, thank you so much to Zach Clark for hopping on and telling us his story. And, uh, guys, literally go and check out his amazing, amazing program, Release Recovery. Mm -hmm. Um, And if you know anybody who's struggling, point them in the right direction. It's a great, great thing that he's doing out there. Um, Mm. So, we're going to wrap things up here with your emails. We love getting your questions, as always. So, Mm -hmm. uh, Share Bears got a question, I think, for me. So, okay, this is the first uh, email. Madeline, this is from Madeline. Hello, Madeline. Thank you for your question. 
Many of your guests I have loved hearing, but the best I think was AJ's wife, Rochelle. My fiance has an addiction and for the most part, he has worked on recovering, but recently his conversations turned back to show his addictive qualities and it worries me for our future. As a partner, I try to be there in any way I can and make sure the resources are there, but at what point is it too much? In the midst of the addiction, do you consider the partner? As his partner, what do you suggest I do for myself to preserve my mental health so it's not brought down again by his actions? What would you have wanted your partner to know slash do in the midst of the addiction and in recovery? AJ. Okay, Madeline. Um, you know what? Questions. <laughs> so, well, yeah, but I can, I mean, I can, I can generalize that really, mm -hmm. really quickly. Um, mm -hmm. You know, as, as a, a partner of an addict, um, you know, at the end of the day, they are walking their own path. There is really nothing that you can do for them, but there is something you can do for you. Um, there is a program called Al-Anon, uh, which is for the, you know, the, the significant other or the sibling or parent of an addict. Um, and there's, there is an amazing support group there, um, that basically walks you through the same program initially that your, that your partner is actually going through. Um, and it does just kind of help you see see things in a different light and see things kind of uh, as, as close to on the plane of the addict as you possibly can. My wife is in Al-Anon. Um, you know, it's helped her immensely to be able to really understand the way that my alcoholic brain thinks. It um, lets you, it lets you speak the same language. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? In, in which then the communication is so much improved. And that's the thing between, Anybody that's with someone in recovery is being able to communicate and be on the same page. And that's, that's why what right. AJ just said is so important. Yeah. I mean, Madeline, you know, just try to be patient. And, you know, again, it's uh, it is all about communication. Um, I think like, for example, the last thing I'll say is, you know, my wife and I's communication and our relationship has gotten like a hundred times better since I've been sober, especially this time around, because a, I'm taking it seriously and B, you know, look, we as addicts, there is always going to be moments where even if we don't pick up a drink or drug, that there will still be addict traits that come out in Triggers, many, yeah. in mm -hmm. many facets of our life. So just be patient and understand that it's not meant directly towards you. And uh, again, look in Al-Anon. It really has helped a lot of people that are involved with addicts. So. Does it did it help you and uh, Rochelle, AJ, like when, when oh. she versus her not being in, in Al-Anon? Yeah, I think, I think if she had not taken that path, I think, I don't think we, we would have made it this far, to be honest. Mm -hmm. Even if I had gotten sober, sooner and stayed sober i still think you know because there are still traits that mm -hmm. resurface from time to time i think she would have been too far gone to really recover from that right so, and like you said um, this the communication and then that oh, yeah. leaves room for that yeah obviously. and, and so. the only other thing i'd like to add to that is it, it turns see it seems like the alcoholic is the one that needs to heal when in fact 
both sides need to yes, heal. Yes, absolutely. And Al-Anon helps you heal and be less afraid and in turn not as angry and able to... Understand. Yeah. Hopefully. Yes. Yes, you just said it. Understand. Should we go to the next email? Thank you, Madeline. Yes. All right. The next email is from Trisha. Uh, and she says, uh, what do you do when you have feelings for someone, but you're too nervous to see if they feel the same? Just say your feelings, girl. Yeah. Say I it. mean, who cares what they feel? You know, you know, you know, get out of the friend zone. That's the only way to get out of the friend zone <laughs> is if you are just, uh, honest. rigorously honest, just be yeah. rigorously honest. And, you know, I mean, look, but be prepared right. that if the reaction is not what you hope um, that it, that it won't affect your friendship or your relationship with that person. I mean, but I think you'll forever regret it if you do not express your feelings to that person. Always wondering why, you know? Yeah. Or what if I'm with you guys. (laughs) Thanks for (laughs) <laughs> I'm with you actually right here. Thank you, Trisha you, and Madeline. <laughs> yes, thank you, Trisha. Thank you, Madeline. Um, and thank you, everybody out there for tuning in to another episode of Pretty Messed Up. Um, and uh, we will see and talk to you guys next time. All y'all stay safe out there. Follow Pretty Messed Up on iHeartRadio or subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabby Collins. And this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday.